The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericahealth.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Are you interested in changing a part of your life? Whether it's finances, relationships, reducing stress, or just personal health, sometimes just changing a few small things can bring great rewards. Welcome to Moving Forward, Wellness One Step at a Time with Dr. Serena Wadwa. We'll provide possible steps you need to see these improvements. All we ask is that you try them out. Now, here is Dr. Serena Wadwa. Hi, good afternoon. Thanks for joining us today. Uh, I want to first start off a little bit by introducing myself, telling, just talking a little bit about what I do, a little bit about how I got here, and then spend um, a minute uh, introducing my guest for today's show. Um, I actually am very interested in wellness uh, because I think one thing that happens is that we focus a lot on illness. Um, And so this was really an opportunity to bring to you listeners um, some information, some steps, some thoughts, some approaches about wellness in general. In terms of my background, um, I do have a doctorate in clinical psychology. I'm also a licensed uh, clinical professional, work both uh, at a university where I teach classes and also see clients um, in a hospital setting. So some of what we're going to be bringing to you um, in this particular show today and also in subsequent shows really focuses on this notion of moving forward and ha- and how do you how do you move forward get through the process and become well and so I'm really excited um, today to bring the first guest and feel very privileged because of her background um, Dr. Michelle Karoulis actually works as well in um, an academic setting. She is also a licensed professional counselor. Her doctorate is also in clinical psychology, I believe, and you could correct me if I'm incorrect. Um, She does lots and lots of things, so I'm going to give her an opportunity to talk about And um, what I was really intrigued by is that her focus is really on wellness as well. So I thought it will be a great introduction to the topic to bring her on board and see if she um, can talk with us today about what is wellness. She's got some really interesting ideas about it. Um, And then the other piece just to bring on board is the fact that she is the president of the Illinois Counseling Association, um, which actually, uh, when I attended last year, the whole conference was about wellness and such a great thing. So without further ado, um, Dr. Corliss, I just want to say welcome. Thank you so much for joining me today. Hello. Thank you so much for asking me to come and talk to you about wellness. Absolutely, absolutely. So I don't know if you want to add something to um, the background that I presented. I know, you know, reading your bio, there's like so much here that I 
I just don't even know where to begin. So, oh, thank you. Well, <laughs> I do. I do have a doctorate in counseling education and supervision, which means I have very specialized training in supervising new clinicians and teaching in the classroom. I also have a degree in sport and exercise psychology, and that's really where my interest in wellness began. And I have the privilege of being the director of sport and health psychology at the Adler School, in addition to managing a private practice. So definitely busy and um, very involved with sport and health and counseling and wellness. Yes, see, I I would not have been able to say all that. So thank you for (laughs) adding that with us. Um, So let's get to the topic. I mean, you're here to talk about wellness and you know, what a great way to begin. Um, you know, you and I had talked a little bit about this before. And, you know, for our audience, how how are we defining wellness? When we talk about, you know, creating wellness or being well or what, you know, however you want to describe it, what, what exactly do we mean by wellness? Well, that's such a great question. And I really liked your introduction statement noting that we tend to focus as a society on illness instead of wellness. So we've got wonderful definitions of what illness is and so many different illnesses for which we can describe. And wellness is something that we don't have one set definition about. So there's a wonderful researcher who was out of Southern Illinois University and she was also out of Western Oregon University named Lauren Roscoe who studied this and found eight or nine different theories on wellness. Um, The World Health Organization, for example, defines wellness as uh, physical, mental, and social well-being, and not just the absence of disease. Hello? Oh, Oh, I got you. Okay. Um, So what I was mentioning is the World Health Organization, who defined wellness as physical, mental, and social well-being, and not just the absence of disease. So that means that we have to put more effort into being healthy and well in mind, body, spirit, other than not just being sick. Um, We have other amazing researchers, Myers and Sweeney and Whitmer, who have a beautiful definition that says wellness is a way of life that's oriented towards optimal health and well-being, which also integrates body, mind, and spirit. So these researchers led me to be interested in conducting my own research. And excuse me, my own personal definition of wellness is a recipe for individual peace where ingredients such as physical health, psychological calm, spiritual awareness, and social connection come together. And the amount of each ingredient of these is determined by individuals and can definitely change depending on life circumstances. Wow. Okay. So let me let me ask you a question here because that's really intriguing to me because so often we hear, you know, wellness as being um, physically fit, you know, that you um, do certain things every day, that you eat a certain way, that you sleep a certain way. But it sounds like um, how you or the definition that you came up with really doesn't just involve action. It involves uh, some other pieces as well. Is oh, that- absolutely. Okay. Okay. Absolutely. So can you um, can you just go through your definition again? I heard like four or five different pieces to it. And I want, um, you know, our listeners to be able to get an opportunity to um, marinate on them a little bit, because I think there's, uh, I think the way that 
you presented them may be a little different than how we hear about it in the general media, in the general literature, you know, in day-to-day conversations, that kind of a thing? Oh, sure. And I think the general media defines wellness as physical fitness, eating right, and exercise. So we we see that everywhere. My -hmm. definition talks definitely about physical health, but also psychological calm, spiritual awareness, and social connection. So that looks at many different aspects of a person's life and how do we understand what those aspects are in order to balance them or to determine that we have the right amount of each of those ingredients in our lives in order to feel well. So, um, for example, financial wellness is something that sometimes stresses people out. Social wellness or environmental wellness, if we live in an unsafe environment or have conflict in the world, that can impact somebody's level of wellness. Okay. So are you, um, so is environmental wellness similar to social wellness? Yeah, the environmental wellness comes into the social connectedness or social wellness. And that looks at specific areas of the person's ability to connect with other people. So it's in interpersonal connections, how you get along with people. It's openness to other people's values and opinions. It doesn't necessarily mean that you have to accept other people's values and opinions, but just be open to hearing them. And it also has to do with environmental safety. Ah, okay. Talk a little bit, uh, like, what do you mean by environmental safety? So we're in Chicago, and I heard a news story yesterday about one of our safe passage schools that is supposed to provide a safe environment for kids to walk to school. Unfortunately, somebody uh, was posing as a safety officer and assaulted a woman and a child. So if you have a child who is walking through that safe haven area and now you know it's not safe, that can cause stress, emotional stress, not only to the child, but also to the parents and to the community. So that has triggered a feeling of lack of safety in that specific situation. Okay, wow. So that can really make an impact in terms of, um, in terms of being well. Absolutely. Absolutely. So I'm a little curious about, um, you know, I really like you mentioned that part of your definition involves this notion of psychological calm. That just sounds so Zen-like. <laughs> I, yes. I'm, I'm very curious what you mean by that. So psychological calm looks at our cognitive and emotional aspects of wellness. So our cognitive aspects include our thoughts. Our emotional aspects include the way that we are feeling. So it's important to be aware of both thoughts and feelings in order to maintain that sense of psychological calm or at least try to attain some sense of psychological calm. When we are thinking to ourselves, that's called self-talk, and it is helpful to have positive self-talk. So if we are thinking about, let's see here, something really exciting like a beach vacation or Mm. Disney World or something that has a lot of fun attached to it, we Mm. tend to have happier emotions. If we're thinking about something that's not so pleasant, so we just mentioned that unsafe situation, Mm -hmm. and we think about it over and over and over again, which is called ruminating, then we tend to have some uncomfortable feelings associated with that rumination. So it's being aware of the way 
people think and the way people feel. That awareness helps them become involved in hopefully actively changing some of the negatives into the positives. So, for example, if somebody is feeling anxious about something, hopefully that person can have emotional awareness to know, I'm anxious, I should take maybe three or four deep breaths to help settle my mind and body. Now, this can also relate to anger. So a lot of people think that anger is a bad feeling or a negative feeling. Feelings aren't negative or positive or good or bad. They just are. It is the thought that we attach to the feeling that could become a good or a bad action. So it's okay to be aware of feeling angry, but it's the choice of how to act on that anger or how to express that anger that could result in psychological calm or overall wellness. So communicating to somebody about anger as opposed to punching them in the face would be an example. So let me just ask you a real uh, quick, or let me just kind of see if I'm understanding this. It sounds like, you know, one of the things that you mentioned and, and what I what I'm understanding, and I think I agree with this too, is that we tend to make um, quite a bit of judgments about what we're feeling and judge, you know, how we're feeling and what it means for us rather than maybe um, just paying attention to it or becoming aware of what we're feeling. And then that creates some of this other stuff that you were talking about, like not having psychological calmness. Exactly. Yeah. And that can relate to a person's personality, their level of confidence, their coping skills. Okay. Okay. And, you know, it sounds like also, so what I'm getting is that part, this is a really good area for some of us then to be able to make some small steps towards creating wellness and moving forward with it. And I think um, it might be useful before we move on to some of these other dimensions that you mentioned in your um, research. If uh, maybe when we come back from break, we can uh, talk a little bit about that. Absolutely. Thank you. Okay. So let's, um, we're going to take a moment right now and we'll be back in just a few minutes. Learn more, live better. Voice America Health and Wellness. How is your health? Do you want to know more about it? Every day there are new technologies, procedures, and healing techniques coming forward. To understand them, tune in to Speaking of Health with Dr. Michael Cudlis. Our guests come from different backgrounds in the fields of health and healing. We'll discuss new realities and modalities, from chiropractic to metagenics. It's all designed to improve your quality of life. Speaking of Health is heard live every Friday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Take charge of your fitness and take charge of your healthy life. Listen for Be Fit for Life with your host, Chad Austin. Think back over the past week, the past month, the past years. Are you like a lot of other people? Too busy with the kids, work, travel, social calendars, business calendars, the day, the night, this and that. Make the decision to be healthier. Just do it. Chad Austin has made a living from motivating people to stop excuses and make fitness a priority in their lives. Tune in every Monday at 10 a.m. Eastern Time, 7 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. 
fresh look at today's health. Voice America Health and Wellness. You are listening to Moving Forward, Wellness One Step at a Time with Dr. Serena Wathwa. If you have a question or comment for the show today, please call us at 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to drserenawathwa at gmail.com. That's drserenawathwa at gmail.com. Now, back to the program. All right, so welcome back. We're here with Dr. Michelle Karoulis, who's talking about different um, aspects of wellness, and she introduced her her um, conceptualization of wellness and um, some other theories that have been out there, um, or not theories, but research um, that's out there in different dimensions that exist. So really exciting stuff that we're talking about. And earlier before the break, we were talking about this notion of psychological calm and how it relates to um, what we think and what we feel. And, you know, one of the questions that I had um, is, you know, what what are... You know, aside from being aware, um, it sounds like that's really an important step in moving forward is just being aware of what's going on with you. And I'm wondering if there's like something else that you can suggest to our listeners in terms of this psychological calm that may be useful for them. Absolutely. So looking at maybe your own reactions and coping skills. So mm-hmm. if people think about what psychological calm means to them, and that could be a different definition for each person. So you had mentioned earlier a zen-like state, which sounds very, very relaxing. Mm-hmm. So relaxation might be part of it. Mm-hmm. And so people can take steps to learn relaxation skills to help their minds and bodies slow down. And examples would include yoga, meditation, tai chi, things like that. Okay, so lots of different ways, lots of different things that they can start um, looking into in terms of how can I move forward with my own psychological, in in creating more psychological calmness. Right, exactly, exactly. And one other dimension I forgot to mention is work-life balance, and that definitely plays a part in people's psychological calm. Oh, yeah. Or they're not calm for that. Oh, they're not calm. <laughs> yes, no kidding. Too much of one thing may not be as good as too much of another. <laughs> exactly. Um, you had mentioned that another uh, dimension of wellness um, from your own definition and your own research is this social connection piece. And I was wondering if you can talk a little bit more about what you, you know, what that encompasses, what it looks like. Sure. So we know from just existing that people are social beings. We like to be around other people. We don't like to be isolated. So social connectedness is a really important ingredient to one's overall wellness. And this has a lot to do with interpersonal connections or how we get along with other people. It doesn't necessarily mean that we have to like everybody that we're around because there are differences for sure in uh, people's opinions of each other, but the important thing is just to be open to other people and listen to different opinions. It's about valuing 
your sense of individualism, other people's individualism, as well as a sense of collectivism, which is not a common thing in the United States. Right. And, you know, that's so funny that you mentioned that because I, I hear two different things. My first one was an element of surprise of what? You mean I don't have to like everybody? <laughs> right. Because I I imagine there may be a listener or two, you know, who's tuned in and being like, what? I don't have to like every single person that I meet? What are you talking about? And and I really like this notion that you mentioned about, um, you know, valuing valuing your own uniqueness, um, you know, in terms of just being that you are going to be different from other people and then that's okay. Correct. And I think sometimes people see a difference as a depreciation or as something that others don't want to know about. And we encourage people to embrace their differences. And that's what makes us all special and unique. Okay. Yeah. And that's so aligned, you know, with what, with what the show really focuses on too, is looking at how, how do you embrace what's different about you? And, and I wonder, you know, kind of from your perspective, if when we talk about wellness as a whole, is it that um, embracing those differences can somehow come into play with becoming well Absolutely. So you notice that when people have differences, there can be conflicts. So looking at wellness, and when I talk about differences, I don't mean differences that cause physical harm. So we, we don't want to encourage people to think it's okay to hurt others and that will be respected. When I talk about differences, I mean political views, religious affiliations, um, types of activities people enjoy doing, the types of work people do. So these differences that I specifically discuss include things that are, are not harmful or things that are safe to general, the general people in society. Okay. So looking at how can we live amongst each other in a peaceful way where a great example that somebody told me recently was about feeding pigeons. So (laughs) somebody was in the park and they were feeding pigeons. Oh, wow. And then maybe extra bread or something from a sandwich. And another person who likes to enjoy the park came by and said, hey, you know, I'd appreciate if you didn't feed the pigeons because they're kind of messy. And the more you feed them, the more they hang around. So it was a very peaceful Mm -hmm. interaction, definitely differences of opinions. But the two folks made statements and that was the end of it. Oh, wow. That's just an example. That's a really minor example. Well, and and it sounds like, though, that that really speaks to something in terms of how how can we get along with other people, valuing, you know, that they also are a part of the society, part of the community, um, you know, maybe part of your own neighborhood. And how do you then um, introduce some of that calmness and non uh, what's the word I'm looking at? Unsafe conflict, I guess is how I'm going to put it, you know, that you had mentioned earlier that we're not here really to advocate for, for violence um, when it comes to differences of opinion. It's more of how do you, how do you just bring this out into the open? So what do you, you know, what, what can you suggest for our listeners who may want to move forward a little bit in this direction about, um, you know, really wanting to have 
more well, is that right? More well or weller. I don't even know if weller is <laughs> a word, but you know, just better, more effective interpersonal connections. What can you suggest well, for that? It definitely takes practice, and I think mm-hmm. people don't understand that. So we look at couples who are looking to make commitments to each other and looking at how their differences just within themselves will play out in a future together. So learning how to talk to each other about their differences. Sometimes people will bottle feelings inside or if somebody asks a general question like, how are you today? We tend to have a generic response, I'm fine, thank you, how are you? Instead Mm -hmm. of giving a genuine answer. So learning to practice some of the genuineness when interacting with other people is one way to try to work on that social connectedness and your interpersonal connections. Okay, I'm a little curious about that because uh, I I wonder what you think about, you know, if everyone starts to be really honest about how they are doing. Like if someone were to ask me, you know, how are you doing? And all of a sudden I just dump you know, whatever it is that's going on in my life on them. You know, I'm, I'm wondering if you think, will that uh, make people stop asking? Sometimes it, it, that could be a consequence of asking, how are you doing? Okay. And yep. it's important, again, to have a genuine response and a genuine question. So if you are not genuinely interested in knowing how somebody is doing, <laughs> instead of having a formal politeness about it, maybe use a different introductory statement or comment or question. Because if we want to have honest interactions with people, then we would hope to receive honest responses to our questions. So a question such as, how are you doing, could be asked in many different ways. It can be asked to strangers, family members, friends, significant others, and have different meaning behind them. Oh, that's that's really a great example. And I'm wondering, uh, so if I'm like, you know, let's say that I'm at a networking event or at a party, and there's lots of people there that I don't know. And, and I really do want to get to know some people, you know, and make some new connections, you know, um, possibly some business connections, some friendship connections, whatever the case may be. So, like, if I'm at a networking event, if I were to say to someone, how are you doing, um, you know, I could take that as maybe perhaps being not being more courteous and civil. Is that is that what I'm hearing? Exactly. Okay. So So if you're at a networking event, instead of saying, how are you doing? You might say, how is your evening? How is this event going for you? Or you might not even throw in that formality and just introduce yourself. I might say, hello, I'm Dr. Karoulis and I specialize in health and wellness. What is your specialty? I'd love to hear from you. Okay. It would be a genuine, a genuine comment. Okay. Okay. So it even sounds like, I mean, there's really some steps here that you're offering in terms of what people can do to actually enhance um, communication in interpersonal situations. Um, Like in terms of just switching up the, the statement of how are you doing? It could even be like, I really want to know what's going on with you. That might sound more personal or something like that. Is that, is that what I'm hearing? Yes. Yes. Okay. Can you give like maybe another example of um, something, um, maybe just like a really brief example of another, like, uh, like a personal, like much more like you really, really want to get, you really want to hear what the person has to say. So if you know somebody who's going through a hard time 
using different inflections in our voice can really let that person know that we are interested and want to know how we're doing or how that person is doing. So just walking up to the person or giving a telephone call instead of an actual text message and have Mm -hmm. that somewhat human-to-human interaction over the phone could be just one way to do it. Another thing is to say to that person, I know you're having a hard time. I care about you. What's going on and how are you today? Oh, those are really great. I like those. So it sounds like, I mean, what I'm hearing you say, so, you know, earlier we talked about this psychological calm and then uh, some things that people can do to help with that. And now in terms of interpersonal connections, we're hearing how even just how you phrase something to somebody can be very important and make a difference in terms of creating uh, more intimacy or wellness in that relationship or genuineness. I really liked that word you used, just being genuine with people. Um, And it also sounds like um, what you mentioned about valuing others and just kind of respecting people's um, differences, whether it be opinions, whether it be religious affiliation, whatever it may be is really, really important. So I know when we come back from the break, what I'd like to do is um, there's two or three other areas that you mentioned. So perhaps we can um, jump into one of those when we return from a break. Wonderful. All right, we'll be right back. Thanks for listening. Step into a healthier you. Voice America Health and Wellness. You read about it in health news every day. Cancer rates are going up. Obesity in the U.S. is on the rise. Heart disease and diabetes are top killers every year. We can follow the advice of our doctor, but cravings persist. Weight goes up and energy is still down. It doesn't have to be like this. Tune in for Body Balance Talk with your host, Jeannie Schmidt, along with Lucy and Madeline. You'll learn how you can work with your body to feel better and look better, too. Body Balance Talk airs live every Friday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on Voice America Health & Wellness. If you have cancer, there are a lot of questions that need to be answered. While many medical professionals can give us some of the answers, there are many more unanswered questions that can't always be answered to our satisfaction. Listen for Cancer Concepts and Compliments with Dr. James Belanger. We'll discuss the tests, the compromised immune system, how cancer grows, and what natural medicines could be added to conventional therapies that may help keep it at bay. Cancer Concepts and Compliments airs live every Tuesday at 9 a.m. Eastern Time, 6 a.m. Pacific, on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Opinions, options, answers. Voice America Health and Wellness. You are listening to Moving Forward, Wellness One Step at a Time with Dr. Serena Wathwa. If you have a question or comment for the show today, please call us at 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to drserenawathwa at gmail.com. That's drserenawathwa at gmail.com. Now, back to the program. 
Okay, welcome back. We're here with our guest for today, Dr. Michelle Karoulis, and I appreciate you listeners joining us today. Um, We're talking about the general concept of wellness for this show and really just kind of getting into some um, dimensions of wellness according to our speakers' uh, research and looking at, um, you know, some some small steps that you can start taking in order to move forward and create wellness in your life. And, it, and I think that's such an important concept because I, th- I mentioned earlier about how, you know, many people will, um, you know, judge themselves if they don't make those big leaps. And, you know, it sounds like from some of the things that you've provided that, you know, really, we, we just need to really start small. We need to take some of those small leaps and and recognize that change is a process and it will take some time. You know, you mentioned earlier about this practice, which, um, which I do want to get back to because I think it's really important. Um, yeah, but just some different areas about that. And so we'll we'll kind of catch up with that in a minute. Um, I do want to spend um, some of the time talking about these other dimensions from your research. You had mentioned also, in addition to psychological calm and interpersonal connections, um, or I'm sorry, social connections, that spiritual wellness is another aspect of the overall part of wellness. Can you talk a little bit about that? Definitely. Now, spiritual wellness is different from religion, and sometimes people confuse those two. So religious affiliations tend to be very specific sets of rules or traditions that are aligned with a specific faith, whereas spirituality is more about looking at your higher consciousness, your meaning and purpose in life, understanding your place in the world, your place in the universe, Um, Some people associate that with connecting to a higher power. So it's looking at a step forward or in addition to our social connectedness. So more than just the people around us and the society around us, what is our existence to the universe and what do we bring to the universe? So it's kind of a very existential philosophical type of dimension. Yeah, and it's also very intriguing. And do you think that there are some people, I mean, is it possible to not have a spiritual side? Is it possible to, you know, um, be agnostic? Is that the same as being spiritually well? Well, I think people who are agnostic can still understand or still have an idea of what their meaning in life is. So it's not necessarily having to buy into a specific religion or, or anything along those lines. It's more what you believe is around you. So what can you do to make life meaningful, not only for yourself, but for others around you? So when you're talking about being spiritually well or having spiritual wellness, um, we're looking at connections that we have with something outside of ourself is kind of what I'm hearing. Yep, it's, it's a connection outside of ourselves and a higher consciousness or awareness for the greater good. So okay. not only looking at what we do for ourselves, but what do we do for society? What do we do for the environment? What do we do for um, others who might be in some state of um, trauma or anger or just not able to 
see the light at the end of the tunnel, so to say. So like what we do for others that may not be well. Correct. Correct. Okay. Okay. And there is some overlap with our social connectedness, but the spiritual wellness takes it a step further and a step deeper in terms of that philosophical viewpoint. So is it, I mean, I know um, earlier you had mentioned about like how social connections involve being able to value other people um, and just valuing, you know, differences and, and how each of us have our own unique individualized um, opinions, thoughts, uh, you know, behaviors, things of that nature. How, how does spirituality or spiritual wellness fit into that? I think it really looks at creating meaning. Mm-hmm. And it's the meaning that each person assigns to that for himself or for herself. So if you look at all of the different roles that people play in life, you could have somebody who is a mother, an employer, an employee, a sister, a daughter, and that person might have different meaning attached to each of those roles. So how can somebody look at each of those roles blend all of the, of the different meanings to create one purpose? Or is it even possible to create that one purpose? Are we all multidimensional in terms of our meanings? Oh, is that, that's a great question. I mean, what, what do you think? Do you think we can have different meanings and different roles in our lives? I think we can have different meanings. And I think that people genuinely shy away from this question at times because it does look at our contributions to others. It looks at how our behaviors affect other people, how our words could affect something. I think when I think about spiritual wellness, one of my favorite examples is from Ghostbusters. So <laughs> there's a scene in the movie where That's awesome. there's, this is this is my favorite example. There's some there's some goo, radioactive goo that bubbles up when people become angry. So there's some kind of angry vibes going through New York City, and this goo is just bubbling and bubbling and bubbling, and finally it explodes. And I think the Ghostbusters realize that oh. Oh, it's negative energy that is fueling this this blob to explode. So we need people to be happy and chill out and relax. And those calm wavelengths go through the air and help people. So that's another example. Oh, that's such a great example. I was laughing when you when you mentioned <laughs> that because I, I really liked that movie. That was a great yeah, movie. Great movie. Great movie. <laughs> Especially with the large marshmallow man and everything. Yes. <laughs> so sometimes that we is all like to have a wonderful example of, of of how our spirituality can affect other people or just our state of being can affect others. There's another great researcher, uh, he's a British researcher named Rupert Sheldrake, and he talks about the sense of being stared at or some other phenomenon that we can't really explain. So he looks at how people's behaviors kind of affect the environment or other people's sense of well-being without us really knowing how or why. Oh, so kind of like more of an intuitive um, space. Absolutely. Oh, that's really... intuition is a great way to phrase it. Yeah, that's a great uh, that's a great introduction with that too. And and do you see like I mean you know talking about wellness, do you see um, do you see a connection between intuition and wellness in like a general sense? 
I do. So sometimes people will say they've got a gut feeling about something, and that could be a great situation, a dangerous situation. A happy situation that I can give is when um, maybe a woman says, oh, gosh, I just know if, if she's pregnant, she says, I know this is going to be a boy, and then she happens to have a boy. So that's a sense of intuition and kind of being connected to her own self-awareness. Um, there, there might or might not be scientific evidence behind that, but that's just another example. Um, sometimes when we have a bad feeling like walking down a dark street and your belly crunches at you, that's your intuition telling you, you know, maybe you should take a different route. So there are many different ways to examine spirituality. Some of them can be connecting to a higher power or uh, some people might connect this with other beings that we don't know much about. So the way somebody initializes or embraces their own spirituality could be very different from somebody else. So one person might find spiritual wellness within nature at a, at a cabin in the middle of the woods where somebody else might want to be in a vortex in Sedona. Mm, wow, oh, that sounds nice though. <laughs> yes, warm weather sounds great. <laughs> I'm sorry, what was that? Warm weather would be perfect right now. Oh, oh my gosh, yes. In Chicago, we're having this not-so-spring-like weather today. So, yeah, absolutely. So, um, kind of to recap the spiritual wellness piece, it sounds like there are actually... Um, I caught three different ways that we can conceptualize spiritual wellness. And one was like this higher power concept or a connection outside of ourselves, um, whether it be with other people, whether it be with nature, whether it be with animals, things of that nature. Um, and then the second one I heard was that there's this um, aspect of just how we make meaning out of our experiences, our roles, what it means to us to be like a, um, a spouse or um, a parent or an employee or any one of those m many, many roles that all of us play. And then the other piece there was this uh, intuitive aspect to spiritual wellness, that it may be for some people more about just being in touch with their own intuition and, and uh, gut sense. Is that, does that kind of, does that fit in with your definition? That was a beautiful summary. Oh well, th thank you so much. I, I'm beautiful glad I summary. I'm glad I heard that then, and I'm still going to remember this Ghostbusters concept because <laughs> now I'm not going to. I'm going to want to go on YouTube now and find out this perfect moment where we see this goo and just you know people are just like, whoa, what's going on here? Right. right. So you know, I'm a little curious then. Given that, what what do you think might be? Um, um, a step or two in the few minutes that we have before break that we can, you know, that maybe people can start off with to move forward in, in this uh, dimension. Well, I think it's important with all the dimensions and especially with this dimension to understand that it takes time to develop what you believe is wellness. And again, everyone creates their own definition of what their spiritual wellness will be. But one thing, one way to start could just be thinking about what was the meaning of today. What did I do today that created meaning not only in my life, but in the life of somebody else? Oh, that's a really powerful way to look at it. So that can even be something that people do um, maybe on a daily basis, just looking at what did I do today to create meaning? 
Absolutely. And you can just journal that too so that you can keep track of the different themes that might have emerged within your day-to-day interactions. So talking about journaling just really quickly, um, it might also, that sounds like it also might be a way that people can find out like what they value, what is meaningful in their life, how they may be able to create connections outside of themselves with other people, kind of relating to that stuff we talked about earlier with developing um, awareness and um, more presence in their own life. Right. Great. Okay. Well, I mean, you know, we're gonna we're gonna cut to break here in just a minute, um, and then when we come back, what we'll do is talk a little bit about the uh, physical wellness, and also a little bit about the work life balance, and then talk a little bit more specifically about some of the steps. So we'll be right back. Real Life Solutions, Voice America Health & Wellness. Cancer is not something to be taken lightly, but instead of being talked at by doctors, medical providers, and others, wouldn't it be nice to hear from a host who has worked at the cancer coalface for 38 years as a caregiver, supporter for 14,000 patients, and who has had the experience of having a life-threatening condition herself? You will hear the stories of survivors and other people who work in breakthrough cancer medicine. Navigating the Cancer Maze with host Grace Goller will help you with the facts, planning, and grief experienced with different forms and stages of cancer. Listen every Friday at 12 noon U.S. Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. The largest syndicated alternative health talk program has come to the Voice America Network. The Dr. Bob Martin Show is the program that will answer your health questions and help you to heal your own body of many different ailments. Each week, you'll hear the answers that Dr. Bob gives to his callers that help them to be their own doctor most of the time. We'll also discuss developments on the health care front and what you need to do to keep your body in top form. The Dr. Bob Martin Show airs Wednesday mornings at 9 a.m. Eastern, 6 a.m. Pacific on Voice America Health & Wellness. Opinions, options, answers. Voice America Health and Wellness. You are listening to Moving Forward Wellness One Step at a Time with Dr. Serena Wadwa. If you have a question or comment for the show today, please call us at 1 866 472 5792. That's 1 866 472 5792. You may also send an email to Dr. Serena Wadwa at gmail.com. That's drserena, W-A-D-H-W-A, at gmail.com. Now, back to the program. All right. Well, welcome back as we talk about wellness for today with our guest uh Guest speaker here, Dr. Michelle Karoulis. And um, so just to kind of, you know, go into some of these these last two um, dimensions that uh, you talk about, you know, you mentioned the physical wellness or physical health, and then also the work-life balance. So can you talk a little bit about um, both of those? Sure. Physical health we hear about a lot in mainstream media, and that looks at two 
different components of a person. So it looks at your basic biological abilities, your physical abilities, sleep cycle, immune system, and then also looking at specific choices we have in our physical well-being, including exercise and nutrition. And the American College of Sports Medicine, ACSM, has wonderful guidelines about exercise and the types of exercise people should engage in on a weekly basis. Uh, Nutrition, I think, is important, too. And sometimes people use the word diet to refer to their nutrition. And food should really be a lifelong commitment to fueling your body in a healthy way. And it's okay to have fun snacks every now and then, but try to make 80% of your choices healthy choices. Mm, Apparently, I'm going to need to move forward on that one. Okay, so um, what can you give an example then of like, you know, I like this um, classification of looking at biological health and then looking at your choices that you make in relation to Uh, physical health. Can you um, maybe offer a suggestion or two for our listeners about something they may be able to start? Sure. I can give you two great tips about sleep and food. So our sleep cycles vary depending on our daily lives and our habits with going to bed and waking up. So adults should try to get about seven to eight hours of sleep a night to have ideal biological functioning. Some people can function with more or less. And It's also important to remember that our brain chemicals change when we are asleep and awake. So if you're taking a nap in the middle of the day and then you wake up, your brain will probably produce chemicals telling you that you're hungry because a natural state is to sleep, again, that seven to eight hours and then wake up and fuel your body. But if you're only taking a 20-minute nap, you really don't need to do that. So just be aware of when you're waking up and if you're hungry. That's interesting. I did not know that. Yes. So get that those may, hours of sleep and be aware of what you're eating when you wake up. Yes, that might may, it might even explain why some of my food choices are very different later in the day. <laughs> so yes. I will <laughs> exactly. be more aware of that. And then, um, so what might be, so being more aware of like when you um, wake up for a nap, what you're eating and if you're hungry. And then and eat. Yeah, the second piece is, again, um, your nutrition, picking that 80% of great foods and exercise. So try to get some kind of physical movement on a daily basis. And we have movements that are great for people who are fully body-abled and people who have adaptive needs where their motion or their physical abilities might be different than the general population. So there are programs out there for everybody to help you keep moving. Oh, that's fantastic. And that's actually great that you bring that up because um, hopefully we'll be able to get um, someone who can specifically talk about that so the listeners get um, some additional information exactly about what you're talking about. Because I really think that's an important differentiation between what our bodies are like and the choices that we make. You know, again, I think a lot of people from what you say kind of you know, judge themselves when their body doesn't respond a certain way. And it's like, well, you know, maybe your body is just not like that. Um, Right. And I'll say the same thing I said about our spiritual wellness is with your physical health and your physical wellness, it definitely takes time. So don't give up if you're not seeing results right away. Just keep, keep taking it day by day, one step at a time. 
Oh, that's great. Those are some good piece, uh, good suggestions to be mindful about uh, in terms of moving forward and creating more wellness. Or is that even possible to create more wellness? I don't know. Okay, anyways. There's always room to create more wellness. <laughs> <laughs> that's good to know. <laughs> so let's talk a little bit about this um, work-life balance. Tell me a little bit more about what uh, what you mean by that. So we want to make sure that people are earning a living and doing it in a way that will allow them to have some kind of life outside of work. Um, As a graduate student, I remember having to schedule in my work-life balance because I worked, I don't even know how many hours I worked, and then went to school full-time. So I I literally would schedule it fun time in my calendar, maybe once a month, twice a month if I was lucky. So it's important to look at how many hours are you spending at work and on work-related topics when you're at home versus fun activities, family events, social activities. And you want to try to maintain some kind of a balance there. So most of us spend quite a few hours a week at work engaging in our employed experiences, which which is very, very important. So I'm not saying to slack on that end, but what I am saying is make sure to dedicate time to enjoyable activities and social activities and being around people that you want to be around and like to be around. And that will help balance the work-life arena of people's lives. So um, this is where people may get some relief in knowing that they do need to schedule time around people that they want to be around and it hanging around family members or other people that you don't want to be around doesn't count for that. Is that what I'm no. hearing? <laughs> it's okay. It has to be something fun to count. Oh, okay. Okay. So it has to be something that the person that you as the listener or whomever really enjoys doing. Correct. Great, great, great. And it sounds like, um, you know, I mean, I really like the idea you gave about scheduling it in and, you know, kind of going with some of the things that you mentioned earlier, um, you know, just to kind of focus a minute or two on some of these tips is that there was two things that really caught my attention. Um, One was that you mentioned that it takes effort into being well. Yes. And, 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 and I really think that's such an important piece because most people believe, or at least um, my experience has been, most people believe that being well does not involve effort. That's correct. That's, that's what most people do believe. And I'll jump back into the World Health Organization's definition of wellness that looks at physical, mental, social well-being and not just the absence of disease. So we have many people who are fortunate enough in our society to not have a disease or illness that holds them back from physical wellness. But that same group of people might not be taking the steps to create overall life wellness. So again, we're looking at our diet and exercise, our interactions with other people. The recommendation, if I can give one recommendation to listeners, is to choose one area of your life where you would like to have improvements and put an honest effort into that specific area. Set one goal and try to reach that goal, and that will give you a sense of increased sense of wellness. Oh, that's fantastic. And then the other thing um, that you mentioned, too, is this uh, this idea of practicing. Yes. Um, t- just talk for maybe a few seconds about that. 
Well, practicing, the first thing that comes to mind for me is communication. And unfortunately, we're not all mind readers. So if we would like to communicate something to another person, it's really important to say those words instead of just assuming the person knows what we mean. So if you are unhappy about something, then to express that with words. Or if you're really happy about something, express that in words to the person so that your message is really clear. And take time to practice that. Those are some great pieces of advice. In addition to, you know, all the other little steps that you provided um, throughout the show. So just, you know, kind of wrap up what we talked about today. We really looked at um, some different dimensions of wellness. And, you know, based on your research, uh, you mentioned that psychological calm, social uh, connections, uh, physical health, work-life balance, spiritual wellness are all different pieces to Wellness, in addition to, you know, you talked about financial wellness, you mentioned a little bit about um, um, psychological, I'm sorry, uh, emotional wellness and uh, cognitive wellness too with psychological calm. So, I mean, lots of different areas that we need to pay attention to. And, you know, I really want to thank you for being here with us today and talking about your definition of wellness and, you know, providing our listeners with um, different steps that they could take, you know, making different choices about the direction that they want to go um, in terms of moving forward. So I don't know if you have anything else that you want to say briefly. Well, thank you so much for having me today. I really enjoy talking about this topic and I could talk about it forever. (laughs) So thank you to all the listeners out there as well. Absolutely. So if you do have any questions um, for Dr. Carulis, you can always email me at drserenawadwa at gmail.com and that's drserenawadhwa at gmail.com and I'm more than happy to um, forward those for you. I don't know if you want to provide um, a way if listeners want to get in touch with you or if there is um, or if your preferences, they can just, you know, I can I could be the middle person. I'm okay with that. Oh, because. they can definitely send an email to you or they can find me on Twitter at Michelle Karoulis, Michelle with one L. And I have a new blog called Choose Wellness and my Facebook page is called Choose Wellness. So you're welcome well, to at- like the page. Excellent. Look at that. We're all about wellness here today. (laughs) (laughs) So again, thanks so much for joining us today. Um, Next week, we're going to actually have um, Dr. Cheryl Maida come on, who's going to talk about wellness from an alternative, complementary and alternative um, medicine perspective. So thanks for joining us. We look forward to having you next week. Thanks again for making the first of hopefully many changes this week by tuning in to Moving Forward, Wellness One Step at a Time. Dr. Serena Wadwa hopes that you'll join her again next Friday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time, 4 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Have a great week.